When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Listening to the urban sports scene, part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. I'm Wole, and I'm joined with by the homie Will T. We got the homie, the home, the, the homie Ray Jeezy is out. What's going on, Will T? Nothing much, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Look, man, we we back in here, man. We back in the building. You know what I mean? So you know, it's consistency. That's what we at right now. We 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 with consistency. Yep. You know what I'm saying. But let's get into the particulars real quick, man. At Papyrus Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kine Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kine, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, tune, tune in, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. All right. Make sure to subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on the podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, check out our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. Um, it's part of the Urban Sports Scene Football Garbage Time Challenge. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. All right, here's what we have on tap. We'll have Sports Journeys Washington Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. Uh, he'll talk about the Commanders tying with the New New York Giants Sunday. And, and um, he's also one of the main personalities on ABC Morning News for WOAY-TV. At 8.20, we'll talk Maryland Terps basketball with Emmett Siegel from Testudo Times. And finally, we'll have Shadow, Shadow League writer De- um, Devon Mason on, on the show to talk about uh, Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, leaving Jackson State uh, for Colorado. All right, well, T, start us off. All right, right now we have Sports Journeys, Washington Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. on the line. What's going on, Lake? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? We good, doing man. great, man. How about yourself? Uh, I can't complain. Just, you know, keep them busy. I know that's right. How was, uh, how was Turkey that. Day for you, man? How was Turkey Day for you? It's been a while. Uh, I, had, I had to work. I had, I had to do the, still do the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then afterwards, I had a chance to go to a um, lo- local pastor that we know invited us to his family's awesome. house. And 
yeah, so so we you know we got a quick quick meal, but then had to get back to the station. So that's right. yeah, <laughs> grinding every day. I see. I see. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, let's get let's get down to it. The Commanders tied the Giants Sunday, twenty to twenty. What were some of your takeaways from the game? I mean, you know, the team competed. Um, definitely a game that I felt like they outplayed the Giants and should have won the game. Um, but, you know, uh, a tie, as much as I hate to say it, a tie is better than a loss, mm, okay. <laughs> especially, you know, when you have a chance to redeem yourself against that same team in less than two weeks. So, um, you know, I, I like what I like what I saw as far as the, com- the com- competition out there. Um, I think it was apparent that, you know, for the second straight week that they, they missed Benji St. Juice on, on, you know, one side of the island out there on defense. Uh, Christian Holmes played well, but, you know, Benji St. Juice, I think, is a, a talent that at some point in his career might get a Pro Bowl or two under his belt. So um, they miss him. You know, I like the running game. I like that, you know, when they stay with it, it's very effective. And that's been the catalyst for this, you know, this, this turnaround in their season. Um, you know, Taylor Haneke, Taylor Haneke's going, going, going to make Taylor Haneke throws and, you know, they're competing, man. You know, what, what more can you ask for right now? All right. You mentioned Taylor Haneke. Taylor Haneke, he made a lot of plays on that, on the drive to tie the game up in the fourth quarter. How would you assess his play on Sunday? I mean, I would give him a B minus, um, you know, there's just some throws that he can't make. He's not capable of making, um, you know, and not to be negative, you know, but, but the, the main thing that haunts him is his lack of size and, you know, not being able to see over big defenders. And so a lot of his passes sell on people, um, you know, and, and, and there's some plays that they I wish they could have gotten back. But, you know, let's call it like it is. The, the team plays for him. You know, it's something that, Carson Wentz is supremely more talented than Taylor Heineke, but just from a leadership standpoint or, or, you know, just making guys want to play for you, that's something that's been lacking in his career. And that's something that has jumped to the forefront for Taylor Heineke every time he's got on the field. So Washington's just going to have to live and die with some of the mistakes that Heineke will make, uh, you know, and they're going to have to just rally, continue to rally around him and, you know, they're in playoff contention, and that's that's what you want right now. I don't think there's any – you know, I, I think in a perfect world you would put Carson Wentz back in there because he can make some throws that you're going to need now, especially with the weather getting cold. But, again, I just don't think the same camaraderie and uh, fire would be there. So you, you have to stay with Taylor Heineke at this point for the rest of the year. Hey, hey, like I got a good question for you. It's from my man, Eric. Um, he actually – he's on our chat – he just uh, put out there, why is Riverboat Ryan getting a pass for not running Robinson in the, in, in for the two-point conversion to end the game? I mean, at that when they when they got it 19-20, to 20, how come they didn't run Robinson for that two-point conversion? You, you know, um, I don't know, man. I, I That's a great question, and I, it was something that I was thinking about as well. You know, they just, at times, it just goes back to these guys have to prove they're smarter than everyone, and they outthink themselves. And, you know, for the, for the life of me, you know, not to stray from that question, but just some of the play calling down the stretch. You know, you get the first down in overtime on the other side of the field with Curtis Samuels' run, and then the next two calls were running plays that just were head scratchers, you know. 
And then, of course, come third down, what do they do? They always do this stupid bubble screen. Uh, <laughs> all I the just, time. <laughs> it's all the time. It's almost like they don't have another third down play. Uh-huh. And if you're going to use the excuse that the offensive line's banged up, well, the offensive line, when it wasn't banged up, was not one of the best offensive lines, you know, And that's but that's what you went into the season with. So that's on you. You know, that's on the coaches because that's what they went into the season with on their 53-man roster. Um, so it, it just it just comes across like, you know, if I know that they're going to run that play, you don't think the Giants defensive coordinators, uh, you know, coaches I think they're going to run the same play? Yeah, so you just got to be a little bit more creative and not outthink yourself. I really wish they would have just stayed with the run a little bit more um, because the run has been effective for them. Um, you know, that's your bread and butter right now. So, yes, yeah, somebody will say, well, they did run the ball after they got the first down. Uh, they ran the ball twice, but but the, the type of run, just it, it, it just wasn't a good call. Yeah, I would argue to say, like, that if you're going to run that screen, run it on second down where it wouldn't be right. as expected, then maybe run on third down. That's how I would look at it because once, like, I agree with you, once it was third down, I knew that they, they felt, in my opinion, I felt like they're not going to trust this offense to throw it, you know, to throw it to get the first down or get closer without thinking of a turnover. So I thought I knew it was going to be a safe play. That's why, I like, like you said, like, okay, here comes a wide receiver screen. I would have ran that on second down, no, having the Giants think that you're going to run, at least run that safe play. That way you can pick up some yards with a Curtis Samuel or whatnot. Or whatnot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, there's just too many weapons on the offense for, at times, for it to get stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you saw that with Dotson, you know, the play that he made. I knew made he was going to mention him. I knew he was going to go ahead, though. I knew he was going to do that. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, not, so much, it's not so much that, you know, he, he's a Penn State we are. You know, it's not so much that. It's just that him and Curtis Samuels, they do something that Terry doesn't even do. Let's call it like it is. Terry's great. But Terry's not a – he's not a yak guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a him. tough – yeah, he's a tough, big play guy to pull the ball out the air, um, but there's finality to his catches. Uh-huh. Now, the difference with Jahan and the difference with Curtis Samuel is they can catch a, a, a 10-yard pass and take it to the house. Uh-huh. I mean, they're just that electric in the open field, and I just think that they need to, they need to be a little bit more creative as far as getting the ball in their hand. And, 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 hell, I like that Taylor looks for Terry, you know, pretty much every play. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with him. He's your best player. So that's fine. But you have other weapons out there, and this offense can be dynamic now if the running games come around. It's just that, you know, you know, people might say, well, they're trying to do that on that bubble screen. Well, that bubble screen's every third down. So that's just not going to cut it. you got to come give me something else and throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, all right, with the bye coming, um, do you think Coach Rivera is even thinking about benching uh, Heineke for another another um, QB? No, I don't. I mean, he got you here. You got you got to let it ride itself out. And um, you, you know, the, the 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 problem is is that you know you are paying Carson Wentz a lot of money. You went out and got him. He's healthy. Um, so technically, you're thinking he lost his job because of an injury. Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I just like, again, I just think you can look at the eye test and it seems like these guys play harder for Taylor for whatever reason. And I think that Taylor does something that Carson struggles with. Carson is a big man. That's kind of not the most mobile. So he's kind of a sitting duck in the pocket a little bit and he'll hold on to the ball and take sacks. 
Taylor, on the other hand, you know, you hardly ever see him uh, getting sacked that much. I mean, because he, he'll take off if he needs to. He'll extend the play. The problem comes with the danger in doing that because, you know, he's a gamer. and Sometimes he reverts to the playground, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll throw some things up there. But that's what you have to live and die with. Um, you know, they've been ultra competitive in the three games they've lost, um, you know, that Taylor's played. Uh, you know, I think I think he was there with the Tennessee loss, um, clearly the Minnesota loss. And then, um, you you know, well, not not so much a loss with the Giants, but a tie, you know. These are games that easily that they could have won. And as opposed to, you know, having the tie and the other two losses, they could have, they could have, you know, we could be talking about them being eight and no um, since Taylor Heineke's been under center. So that's what you want. But I will say this this game against the Giants next weekend is going to be, it's going to determine who's going to the playoffs or not, if you ask me. Cool. All right. So we do have another question uh, from a man, Cameron, on Twitter. Um, he had tweeted, uh, my question uh, is, do you think that Ty helped or hurt the commander's chances at making the playoffs? No, I don't think it hurts them, um, you know, because you tie with a, a team that you're competing with to get in there. So it just makes this next game that much more imperative. You know, I, like I said, I think the loser of the game Sunday night, um, next Sunday night, is probably going to be the odd team out because now you have to start looking at teams like Seattle. Um, San Francisco and Seattle probably will come out the West, you know, so that's that's not good. You know, if you're, you know, the, the bottom two in the NFC East, um, clearly, I don't think either one of the Giants or Washington is going to catch Dallas or Philadelphia, um, you know, so so it's going to come down to one. You know, at one point, I thought it could be both teams. Um, but I'll say this. Let's just put it this way. Let's just say the Giants lose this Sunday against the Eagles, which I think they will. Um, you know, so now Washington's technically a half game up on the Giants. You beat the Giants on Sunday, next Sunday. Now you're a game and a half up on the Giants. So it's almost a death blow to the Giants if that's the case. But if the Giants beat Philadelphia and then come to Washington and beat Washington, that's a death blow to Washington. So, you know, they got to win, bottom line. Basically, basically, it's a must win. So Absolutely. also another question on, on, tw- on Twitter, um, at DC Dog, says any news on St. Juice's recovery? No, I mean you know it's it's it's, it's one of them injuries, man. That just um come came at an inopportune time because he really was baller, guys. I mean he 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 was starting to build a reputation. You know he's grabby, he's physical, um, but he's but he's a he's he's a very competitive guy. So he. You know, he, he was covering the Justin Jeffersons of the world and doing a really good job at it, you know. Um, obviously had the questionable pass interference call, and I still think that was a bad call. That was a touchdown. So? I thought, I thought it was. An <laughs> well, well, I mean, it was it was pass interference. Make no mistake about it. But like B. Mitch and me, you know, kept going back and forth with it because Brian was like it was an obvious pass interference call. And I'm like, yeah, it was. But the thing is, they had been doing that all game. They had been you. going back and forth, I got you. you know, jockeying for position. So to, to make that call at that time in the game, uh-huh. that's what I had a problem with. Got Some you. of these referees' calls are coming at the most inopportune times. And the pass, the lack of a pass interference call last week with Terry McLaurin. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you got to be consistent if you're going to do it. And you can't be the judge that's standing right there to make the call and then have 
a back judge from the 30-yard line and one off from the other side of the field gets you to wave it off. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. No, I'm with you, definitely. So, hey, Lake, man, this has been dope. Thank you for being on. Before I let you go, my man, uh, let our listeners know what you have coming down the pike and how can they catch you on social media. Man, it's a lot of stuff coming up. <laughs> I know. Um, I know you, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, some, some, some major things that I would love to be able to say now, but I, I got I to gotta be careful. Hey, man, hold it. Hold it. It's good, bro. Hold it. You good? Hold it. Don't look, man. But yeah, yeah. But it, might, <laughs> but it might have me coming back home. So, okay. All right. Hope that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, just, you know me, I'm just, just working, man. Just, just grinding and keep living my dream out and, uh-huh. and trying to make things happen. So, uh, you know, but you can follow me on social media, Lake Lewis uh, Jr., um, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, you, you'll be able to see some things that are starting to develop. Hey, man, it's going to happen, man. I'm all about claiming, so claim it. Hey, Lake. Yes, sir. Appreciate you being on, my man. Appreciate you, man. All right, fellas. All right, man. I appreciate you guys. All right, take man. care, man. All right, thank you, Lake. Okay, take care. All right, man. Again, that's the awesome Lake Lewis Jr., man. You can follow Lake on Twitter, at Lake Lewis. That's at Lake Lewis on Twitter. All right, man. Is the Terps men's basketball team for real? Testudo Times. Deputy Editor uh, Emmett Siegel will join us to discuss the Terps men's basketball team after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please have mercy on Merlin. Amen. I'm from MD, home of the turfs when we ain't playing. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please have mercy on Merlin. Amen. I'm from MD. Home of the winners and champ for beginners in camps to the field, making a stand for the energy in the air before the coach give them orders. No retreat, no surrender. Can the other team I scores? Get the fans in the force. Check the hook of the song. This is Merlin. We battle till our last breath is gone. Crossover, go long. Head them off, catch the ball. Back them down in the paint by the prayer for Merlin. I'm from MD, home of the turfs when we ain't playing. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please have mercy. Your Merlin, amen. I'm from MD, home of the turfs when we ain't playing. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please have mercy on Merlin, amen. I'm from MD. First off, let's say a prayer for the other team for a miracle, cause we here. Been balling all season, I can hear the crowd screaming. Merlin! Hook up my chest and start beating. Marching through it like as if it were a drum. We marching to the sounds of welcome to Merlon. Blow the whistle, rush the ball, jumping players like a hurdle. Back you to the other side, making you fear the turf. I'm from MD, home of the turfs when we ain't playing. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please have mercy on Merlin. Amen. I'm from MD, home of the turfs when we ain't playing. If you don't rep for the turf, you get your chest caved in. We ball till the sunrise and the moon start fading. So please. That mercy of Merlin, amen. I'm from MD.
are listening to the Urban Sports Scene uh, with, with myself, Wole, and Will T. And we are part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. All right, Will T. All right, right now we have Testudo Times Deputy Editor Emmett Siegel on the line. What's up, Emmett, and welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on, man. It's exciting times. The Terps of course, are, of course. Yes, the Terps are looking good. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, they're off to a uh, off to a hot start. I think a little bit uh, better than uh, people were anticipating at least exactly. early in the season. Exactly. Let's jump into that. Like the Terps men's basketball team, like I mentioned, are playing great ball. They're they're eight and one. They're at the moment they are thirteenth in the country. Uh, they lo- they lost last night uh, to Wisconsin, fifty nine sixty four. But they were competitive on the road against Wisconsin, so that's nothing to hold your head um, uh, something nothing to hold back on and, and feel bad about. So the Terps, uh, they were like you mentioned, they weren't expected to do so well in the Big Ten, but they uh, they everybody expected them to be like I believe like tenth in the Big Ten conference. So with all that being said, how has the Terps shocked most folks, most pundits, and also is it because of Coach Kevin Willard? I mean, I think a lot of it is because of Kevin Willard. Um, you know, his, his reputation throughout really his entire career is he has intense teams. He has teams that play good defense. That's definitely been true this year. And the pieces have kind of worked out, I think, a lot better than most people were anticipating. I mean, coming into the year, you're looking at a lot of guys who are either unproven, you're not sure how they're going to all work together. Um, you know, he goes out, gets some good transfers. The guys that are returning seem to have made a leap this year. Um, so overall, I mean, the team is just kind of gelled, I think, a lot better than people were expecting it to, at least earlier in the year. And the returns are there. You know, they started 8-0. And, you know, going on the road to Wisconsin is never an easy game. They're obviously going to lose at some point. Um, so really nothing to hang their heads about, about an 8-1 start. All right. Um, thus far, Emmett, who's been the who's been the player to lead the way for this team? Um, well, I think I would probably single out two players there. I mean, first, uh, Dante Scott uh, returned for his senior year. He's probably the most complete player on the team. Uh, when he's playing well, he's really hard to stop. Probably one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, he's about six foot eight, so you know he can play out on the perimeter a bit. So he's a bit of a mismatch there, size wise. But then also Jameer Young, uh, transfer from Charlotte. He's their point guard. He's from DeMatha, so a local kid. And he's fit in perfectly. Uh, he was a great player at, at Charlotte, a great scorer. He's carried that over um, this year, led the way against Illinois, uh, hit that big shot to kind of seal the game late. Um, and especially having that local flair on the team doesn't hurt uh, with Willard trying to kind of establish that identity. All right, heading into Sunday, the Terps take on the seventh-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. This game will take place in the Brooklyn Barclays as part of the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. What would a win against the number seventh-ranked team in the nation do for the outlook of this season for the Terps? It would be massive. Um, Their non-conference schedule is really, really difficult, and they're right in the hardest part of it right now probably with these next two games against Tennessee and then they have UCLA later in the week. Uh, a win against Tennessee would be huge. Tennessee is a legitimate Final Four type team, uh, one of the best teams in the country. To get a win against a team like that in year one under a new coach kind of just vindicates all of the rhetoric that's been thrown around about how Maryland basketball is trying to get back to that elite level. If they can have a team that's capable of that this early, I think that bodes well not only for 
the outlook in the future. But I mean, this year as well, that would kind of prove that they're a team that has to be taken seriously in the national conversation, not just the conference conversation. All right. So, I, I, I mean, I have, a, I have a question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a Hoyer fan, a Joystown fan, but I just, I'm just amazed at how Kevin Willard has, like, changed the dynamics of this, this basketball team from what we saw last year, a year ago. So, like, what what has changed? Like, what has he done compared to what we've seen in the last couple of seasons? I believe, like, this Maryland team looks really scary. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's just a cultural fit that I think wasn't really there with Mark Turgeon as the head coach. That's not to say that Mark Turgeon was a bad coach. I know a lot of Maryland fans would say that. You know, he was a pretty good coach. They had some pretty good teams, some talented players. But Kevin Willard just kind of has that cultural identity that I think a lot of Maryland fans kind of resonate with. He's very intense. Uh, He won't take no for an answer. Uh, He does it his way. And the reason why Maryland has been so successful so early, even though maybe they're not quite as put together as a lot of other teams, is that they just play hard for him. And I think a lot of Maryland fans would look at that and they'd say, you know, Gary Williams, a guy like him, you know, he had his team always playing hard for him. Maybe in the last couple of years that was missing. So just having that identity back really kind of helps make them better than maybe the sum of the parts early on. And he's big on on pushing the tempo too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, in terms of you mentioned, you know, having that local flavor, is he is he doing a, a, to you? Is he doing a great job in terms of trying to recruit in this area? Because this area has so much talent. You just mentioned Damatha, but there's so much talent in this area. How fixated is he in recruiting in the DMV? Uh, it's the number one priority for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been saying that. You know, every coach says that when they come yeah. to you know the DMV that we're going to keep the local players, but so far, it looks like he's really doing that. I mean, they have three players signed for uh, that'll come in next year, um, all local kids, uh, two from the WCAC, one from Baltimore. So, um, you know, he's, he's got a, a lot of uh, early returns, at least, that local kids are kind of buying back into coming to Maryland, something that was kind of missing recently. Um, and then also, you know, having a guy like Jameer Young, that's a, you know, he's a transfer. He was at another... Another school. I mean, uh, you know, you said you're you're a Georgetown fan. Yeah. Don Carey was at Georgetown yeah, before. Carey. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, to to have these guys kind of come back home, it, it means a lot for the for the program. And you know, if you can keep the best local guys at Maryland, you got a pretty good chance. Yeah, Don Carey can shoot his butt off. I'll tell you that as a Hoyer fan, he can shoot. Don Carey, he's a he's a, he's a lights out shooter once he gets rolling. That's a. It, I was when he when he transferred over there. I was like, okay, I can see it. That works. That, that works. But um, Emmett, man, this has been great having you on. Is there before we let you go, um, um how can uh, our listeners catch catch your content and catch you on social media? Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm working with uh, TestudoTimes.com. We've got all sorts of coverage of Maryland sports, especially men's basketball. Um, and then I'm uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Siegel underscore. Um, and you know, you can keep up with everything that's going on with the Maryland program versus. Uh, that's for football and men's basketball. Well, Emmett, man, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Um, man, anytime. We're going, to, we're going to try to get you back on during the season because, I mean, Maryland, it's exciting times for Maryland basketball right now. Of course, yeah. Just let me know anytime. All right. Thanks, Emmett. All right. Thank you, Emmett. Thank you. And, again, follow Emmett on Twitter. That's at Emmett Siegel underscore. That's at Emmett Siegel um, underscore. Well, we got time. We can, we can chat some more a little bit. What do you want to talk about, bro? <laughs> we're a little early. Uh, 
floor. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got we got a couple. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Um, no, I mean I'm really excited to get into. I'm really excited to get into this next um, topic. The the whole Deion Sanders. Um, you know, did he sell out? Yeah, uh, HBCUs or you know going to Colorado. It's it, it's going to be it, it's a passionate uh, conversation from both sides. Yeah. I mean, so you'll hear, you know, once we come back from the break, people will hear where we land. I guess where we stand on um, on that situation, on the topic. Um, but yeah, on that situation. But um, other than that, man, you know, um, I'll say this: this uh, sports betting thing in Maryland via <laughs> mobile apps has been amazing. It really changed. I need to get into it. My friend, you really, really need to. I'm telling you, man. Hey, you said, really do. Look, my man Eric just said, oh, what's the hockey score? All caps. You know what I'm saying? Look, hey, Will, how someone was asking for hockey? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't I do not do the hockey. You know, me, it's just it's purely basketball hey. and uh, football. But Eric, I got you, bro. But It's 1-1. Capitals, Capitals 1, Philly. I mean, the Flyers 1. So it's 1-1. They're playing the Flyers at, in Philly. Well, no, I, can't, I, I, I even did a little bit of soccer. Um Oh, you want know, soccer? You, football. Football? Yeah, you gotta man. Say football. Candle. You got to say yeah, football. Just, you can't say soccer. Football. Foot, you got to say football. 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 Yeah, man. Um, yeah, got into a little bit of the World Cup. Um, so it's been interesting, man. So, no. It really, um, I'll say this. Uh-huh. It's really made me pay, put a, uh, like, really analyze and scrutinize things when I, you know, when I, I'm watching things from a, uh, a viewer perspective, um, you know, usually you watch things casually and you, you pick up on small nuances, but now it's more, you know, I, I try to analyze the game a lot more deeper. Hey, shout out take to Eric. my, take the emotion, take the emotion out of it. Hey, hold on real quick. Shout out to Eric, man. You, you my dude, dog. He said, I'm skipping my Fubo cast on my phone to listen to you all. Man, what I'm talking about, man. You know I'm nah, I appreciate I you, appreciate Eric. It, we appreciate you, man. You know what I'm saying? For real, man. But yeah, I haven't really watched. I, I feel like a sellout. I haven't really watched World Cup. I haven't watched World Cup, World Cup because Nigeria is not in it. So I have no passion for it. Really? I watched uh, last Friday. What was it? Cameroon versus Brazil. I guess I, I, guess I could. Remember. I had Cameroon. Yeah. Oh, you had Cameroon. Yeah, I had Cameroon plus 800. <laughs> yep, plus 800. <laughs> it's making you... Um, so... <laughs> It was a, it was an amazing day for me, hey, <laughs> to say the least. I ain't gonna lie, that's what fantasy football has done for me because I'm in this money league, and like I made the mm-hmm. playoffs, and it's like now I'm dude, I'm into every football game. Like I was never, you know, I like fantasy football, but I've never been this into a football into football games. Period. Like I'm, bro, I'm watching the Miami Dolphins. I'm saying like watching two. I'm watching all miscellaneous. I'm watching Seattle, seeing what Lockett's gonna do. Like, bro, like I'm. All over the place now, man. Like I've never been. So that let me person. ask you this: Do you 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 usually watch just the Commanders game? So and, let me ask you: Do you watch? You know, because we live in DC, yeah. you know, we're pretty much forced to watch the Commanders yeah, yeah, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless Baltimore is playing at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so do you? So do you watch? So do you like watch other games, or you just watch like? Oh, no, I watch Commander's other games. games. No, I watch other games. I think there's better football mm-hmm. than Commander's football. It's way better football. I watch other football games. Um, it's just that I'm watching all types of games now. 
like the most miscellaneous game I'm watching. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm watching bad mm-hmm. football teams because I have that player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I watch I watch I love watching Kansas City. I love watching I actually like watching the Seahawks. I like Geno Smith. I've always I've always liked Geno Smith. Um I'm like the minority and now he's playing well and everybody's on the bandwagon, but I'm the minority with Geno. Um who else do I like to watch? Uh, I like watching the Chargers play. I, I, I like Justin Herbert. So I watch other teams. If I get an opportunity to watch them, I'll watch them. It's just that I'm watching bad teams now. So here's my thing. Like, because I, I think I told you, I watch Red Zone. I don't watch, like, mm-hmm. whole football games. Mm-hmm. And I've tried, like, and I've noticed since I've become uh, a viewer of Red Zone, yeah. like, I don't really have the time or patience to watch a whole football Ooh. game. When there's no action, uh-huh. so I don't know if that's really messed me up. Probably so, man. But um, it's something I've noticed. Something I've noticed. It's definitely probably. I think that's what it is. I think that it's got it's it's caught you. That's what happened, man. It's all good. It happens, man. You know, like red zone is dope. Yeah, it but I don't have. It's wild. I don't have red zone anymore. I don't have it anymore. Like like it doesn't go on my on my actual like cable. Cause I gotta pay extra. Cause I've decided not to pay extra for it. I don't worry. I have other ways to watch stuff. I could watch Red Zone if I wanted to. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> I could watch Red Zone, but it's, it's okay. I could watch the game, so forget it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, like, I was like that too, though, Will. Like, when I was watching Red Zone, like, when it was included in my package, I didn't care about the game because you all, you get the best part of the game, right, the scoring play. Unless it's like a bomb, right? Yep, unless, that's it's fluke, I mean. unless it's a fluke bomb, you're not seeing that, like, live. Red Zone gets you all the stuff, all the scoring plays live, right? Unless it's a bomb, you're gonna miss a bomb. But you mm-hmm. can see the highlight though. They'll go back and show you the highlight of the bomb, right? But yeah, right. yeah, red zone is dope. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, yeah, I can watch a whole man. I can, I've been watching multiple football games because of money. So I'm with you. Money makes you do make money makes you watch a lot of stuff. Cause I, cause yeah, I mean it makes you scrutinize it a lot. Uh, yeah, it makes you scrutinize things uh, a lot more. Um, makes you scrutinize you know, games a lot more. Um, and it takes the bias away with regards to fandom, in my opinion. It does. You just watch it. And, I, I love you know, watching. You just watch the results. Yeah, I love I love bye weeks for watching it. Like, this week, I'm going to love it. Because I'm going to get a game on TV that I'm probably going to just, it's going to be a good game to watch. Like you said, yeah. like, we're punished for watching, like, bad football at times. We're going to get to watch good football. Right? Like, yep. Washington, Washington has a bye, so we don't have to watch the Commanders. You know what I mean? And if you're a fan, you don't you now you're not stressing out on their the way they play or whatever. If you're a big fan, you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's the best time for a Washington fan, like when the, when Washington has a buy, because now you're going back to what you're talking about, Will T. Like your soul, your soul love for football rather than your your love for the fandom side of of things. My man Eric says, great timing for Washington football. Uh, um, great timing for Washington football bye week. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a great time for a bye. But yeah, I think hey Will, I think we did enough time for talking. I think we did a good job, man, for this segment, dog. Because yep. we had nothing left. We had nothing left to talk about, and we just we kind of did that, man. We did the darn thing. So now let's let's segue. Yes, uh, we all did. Right, all right, man. Will mentioned it earlier. Did Coach Prime do HBCUs dirty by going to Colorado? Shadow League writer Devon Mason will join us to discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saying. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. 
you were here now you're gone didn't even get to say so long love me here now I'm on you took wings just like a bird now you're gone Still I consider and say We did it big, yeah We did it, we did it big, yeah 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 We did it, we did it big, yeah 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 We did it, we did it big, yeah We did it big, yeah We did it big, yeah And I smile We did it big, yeah We did it, we did it big, yeah We did it big, yeah I'm here for Lord and Ducky Malone wonder us six or seven in the morning. Remember you said we so above and beyond. Don't nobody be on. We on, man. We gon' be on. I'm second guessing my songs. You be like, man, gon' be gone. And you was so right. Remember they tried to rob you for my bike group of fine. They like, man, it was a day when you play football for Doug. We be out of May. Man, we was so young with man and Stanley and Quinn trying to get out of the slum. Knew you so long for running the hall. What can I draw? Us a tin trying to roll up some weed in your yard. Couldn't even smoke it. We choking so hard. Cut to us smoking in London, Japan. Drop the religion. We did it again and did it again. I was so mad. Phony valet got you for my CLC. You tell me I laugh. Damn. You went for that one, you say, why you laughing? I bet you I catch him, man, we was so cool. In Hawaii, your fat ass shirt off eating fruit at the pool, man, you was so funny. Yelling, we were, the, we were potent some money. It hurt me so bad, cause I miss you so much. Can't say it enough. And my memory junk keep taking me back to a place I hate. I had to get it up, but through all of the pain, I smiled just thinking about how we were doing our thing. Man, you we were did it big. Now you're gone. Did it? are listening to the urban sports scene and we are part of at papyra media at papyramedia.com i'm wole and i'm here with my homie will t all right right now we are joined by shadow league writer devon mason devon what is good my man devon you there devon we do devon we may have Oh man! <laughs> that was well. It's not. We just had Devon. Hold on, <laughs> Devon. Did we? Read well, yeah. I'm interested. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm interested. No, nah, I'm interested to hear. Um, and I read. I read. I read a little bit of his. Read his article. I'm not gonna say a little bit. I read his article. So I, I'm. I'm curious to get more of his personal thoughts on, um, you know, Dion leaving, um, Jackson State. Going to Colorado, particularly, I, I'm interested to hear his, his perspective on if he believes that Dion owes Jackson State, owes the community of Jackson, Mississippi, anything. Uh, let me let, let's see if we can get Dion back. Hold on, okay. Hold on. It's all good, man. Hey, we here hanging yeah, out. Yeah, we have we here, we hanging out. They may hear this. Hold on. Let, let me actually take you off. So while I do this, hold on. Let's see. Try to get Devon back. Got him on here, and that's in the, this is what we do out here, man. Let's see, we got the man, the homie Devon. They got lost in the sauce. I think we got him back. Hold on, I think we got Devon back. Hold on, Will. All right, Devon, you, Devon, you with us? 
Yeah, I'm with you now. All right, man. You, 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 we can hear you, man. All right, yeah. Now, let, man, no, I want to do. I want to do my. I want to do my saying again. My intro again. Right now, we are joined by Shadow League writer Devon Mason. What's good, Devon? Now I feel better. Good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. How you guys doing, man? We doing good, man. Will, doing good. Will and I are excited to talk about this topic, man. You know what I mean? We like Will mentioned um, before you jump back on that he read your article, so we both read it. So we, we're really excited to talk about it. So. Let's get into it. Um, if you don't know, Coach Deion Sanders has left uh, J- Jackson State, uh, Jackson State, the Jackson State football team to go to Colorado. Uh, Coach Prime has a five-year deal, deal worth $29.5 million. Uh, Devon, you wrote an article for the Shadow League saying that uh, Coach Prime has over-delivered at Jackson State, and he owes HBCUs and Jackson State nothing. Why do you feel this way? I feel that way because – when you look at where the Jackson State program was when it came in, uh, they couldn't even practice on their field when it rained. In that time frame, you saw two new turf fields. You saw new locker rooms that he donated his own money back to to finish. New training facilities. Ten-year deal with HBCU Go, which is Byron Allen's network for every HBCU to be seen on TV. Uh ESPN deal where you're seeing, you know, HBCUs every Saturday and not just doing the Bayou Classic, which is the only game we would normally see on national TV. Am I right? Yep. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that, to me, the $30 million uh, revenue increase from 2020, from 2020 during COVID to 2021, where a lot of mom and pop businesses down in Jackson were headed for kaput. And that money helped save those, those businesses and keep them afloat. And I just think when you think the whole scope of what he he did in that little bit of time, no one has come in in that little bit of time and accomplished that much for HBCU, for, for Jackson State, and HBCU football or HBCU as HBCUs as a whole on this in the sports land. And I just believe at the end of the day, he doesn't owe them anything. Yeah, you would love for him to stay and probably see this out another two or three years. But at the end of the day, as he stated. In this business, you either elevate or you get terminated. Ah. And that's the kind of business that you're in when you're a football coach. If you, you know, there isn't but so much more for him to accomplish there football-wise. I mean, yeah, he could have came in and probably could have stayed long and probably tried to turn him into a Power 5 HBCU. But what's the chances of that? Let's be real. What's the chance of that? I mean, we want to have belief that that's going to happen. But those PWIs ain't going to allow that. Let's just call it what it is. Ah. They're not going to allow it. So, at the end of the day... I look at it from the standpoint that he, he he's done his part, and now it's time he set a infrastructure where someone else you know could come in. They won't be him. He's a huge brand. We know who he is. He's, he's braggadocious. He's, he's he's Dion. We know who he is. But it has to be some other uh, guys or women out here that could carry this mantle a little and try to do some of the stuff. He keep the stuff that he has put in place going, but he doesn't owe them anything. He, if anything, they should be thanking him for everything that he accomplished in that little bit of time. All right, Devin, how you doing? This is Will. How got a doing? question. Got a. I'm good, brother. Thank you for thank you for joining the show. Got a couple no of questions problem. for you. Um, when you think of what Dion has preached, kind of, or when he's gone on interviews and he said he stated that he's here to 
build up HBCUs, and you mentioned some of the things that he's done. One of the things that he's also said is he's he sold these recruits on um, Jackson State. You know, he sold them on. I can I can give you something that Jackson State can give you something that maybe some maybe some of these other Power Five schools can't. Do you think that he owes the recruits a little bit something more, saying that they, seeing that he didn't even stay through um, four years to see one recruiting class graduate from college? To an extent, yes. But then I also look at it like this: he maybe he sometimes he I think he spoke a little ahead of himself with that too. I think he did that more than he should have because at the end of the day, he's a dad first, and his son is trying to go pro as a quarterback. And the chances of him going pro at quarterback are higher at the Power 5 level than they are at the HBCU level. We just saw Kill Glass break every record that Steve McMahon ever had throwing the football. Is he on the team in the NFL right now? No. No, sir. That's the kind of stuff that when Dion talks sometimes, I think he puts his foot in his mouth with some of that because <laughs> he knew he knew he had no intention on staying there through Shadour's whole school if the right offer came at a Power 5. This is what you're trying to get your son to the next level as a quarterback. That is the hardest position to project at the next level. Uh-huh. So you have to do everything that you have to do to get him in the right front of the right eyes and front into the right system and the right preparation between now and say two to three more years of school for him, depending on how long he stays in school. I have one. I got one more follow up. I got one more follow up. Follow up question for you, Devin. Um, when we think of Deion Sanders, you know, we think of a man who's an elite athlete, um, entertainer, the greatest to ever do what he's done on the football field. He's transcended football and the baseball, and, you know, he's gone into coaching. Um, one of the things that I haven't noticed from a lot of people is um, a criticism um, against his decision to go to Colorado, and I don't think he's wrong for going to Colorado. Um, I'll put that out there. But what do you think of, and I, and I want to put this, uh, I'm trying to phrase this delicately. Do you think he, his decision isn't as criticized because he's come out and he says, he's used the term, God, this is God's plan. God has led me to Colorado. Whereas if he hadn't used that, used, if, he has, if, he, if he had involved God, within his decision to go to Colorado, do you think he would be getting blasted like any other coach would? But not for leaving too soon and not seeing one of at least seeing his first recruiting class um, graduate. That's a good question. And it's it, the way you worded that with God, I don't think that is an issue. I think it's because I think people look at it and they don't come come down on him as much as they probably would have. Cause this is something we see every day. With the, right. Caucasian, yes, with, the, with, the, with the Caucasian coaches. I mean, these guys take jobs and then be out sometimes within a year. Mm. They don't. They don't even stick around and win anything, and they're getting promoted or they go to another. Uh, to, to, I'm saying to another job. So, I think you know, in his instance, I don't know what he hears from God or what he doesn't hear. That's between him and God. So, for, for me personally. I think at the end of the day, I think Dion looked at it as, and I, I, I'm going to write a piece in the next couple of days. This is about his son, and no one else wants to mention that. This is about Shador so at the next level. Uh, I just, I, I just so don't see him. I look at I him at the, 
against the SWAT competition. He's he just he's not gonna get the he's not gonna get what he needs going against this competition every week. He's just not. I mean, you got Travis Hunter out there running both sides of the football, dominating games like it's like it's high school. I mean, you gotta go up a level. And I get uh I wish he had stayed. I wanted him to stay, but am I mad for him to leave you saying for leaving? No, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I just I think at the end of the day, like you stated, he's not going to catch the flack because people see this every day. I, I know what well, like you've laid out an outline and no, I just had a question. Um, I had something kind of produced. Yeah, 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 go. Yeah, I, I, I did have one. More, I did go have on. one more question for you. When you say it's about Shador, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we look at it, right? If we look at the three schools where he got offers from, Coach Dion, Coach Prime, excuse me, um, that were involved in kind of. I don't know if they offered him the job, but his name was kind of attached to those jobs, right? We think Cincinnati, Colorado, and USF, right? Do you do you ultimately think that the state of football, college football, that Colorado was right is in now with the Pac-10, Pac-12 potentially going to a Pac-10, that Colorado was the best chance for his son, considering if his son were to get into the transfer portal he will possibly have opportunities at other bigger name Division One programs. I, I, I look at Colorado like this: he, Dion is a calculated individual. He's not going to make a move without thinking it through and really sitting and going, "Okay." He looks. He's looking at this: USC and US, UCLA are leaving the conference soon. Uh, mm-hmm. In that conference, you'll still have Oregon, Stanford, Arizona State, and Washington probably as your four. Stanford's down right now. You expect them to get some pieces at some point. But the other three are really what you have to deal with yearly in that conference that you have to go, okay, they'll be a force to deal with. Oregon, uh, Arizona State, and Washington consistently can put together some really good rosters, especially Oregon and I think Washington right now with the pieces they've you know recruited in over the last couple of years. So I think he's looking at that and going, hmm, one recruiting class could get me to probably six wins because the defense in this conference isn't great right now. Two recruiting classes, I might can get to nine. If Shador stays to his last, stays that extra year that he gets back because of the uh, way stuff is done now, he gets that extra year. If Shador decides to stay one more extra year, which he may need, we may be in the Pac-12 championship. Which means all eyes on us, which means all eyes on me, which means my my son is going to get that notoriety, that he that visibility, that exposure that he may not have received. Like, he, you know, he's getting it because he's in the swag. He's doing his thing. But we're talking about at this level. Plus, those three or four non-conference games you're going to play every year, those will be big. How you schedule those, who, who you play. Uh, I think I saw TCU as their first game next year. That's big because that's a playoff team this year. That's a roster that will probably be intact mostly from this year and next year because they got a lot of underclassmen. But it's also a funny situation because that's where TCU wanted Dion last year and Dion, Sonny Dykes and Dion were the last two for that job and they gave him to Sonny Dykes. So that's interesting too. So that's an interesting tidbit for opening next season for first week of college football next season. All right, so we had a poll out there about Dion. I mean, did Dion do HBC, uh, HBCUs and Jackson State dirty by leaving for Colorado? We uh, we have 17% says yes, and this is on Twitter. 83% says no. And my man Brad uh, tweeted, um, hell yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, uh, Devon. I think that for me, 
I don't think Dion, like I think Dion did was best. I think Dion did so much for HBCUs to bring attention. You know, he's brought a lot of attention mm-hmm. to HBCUs and whatnot. So I know it, it sounds bad. You want him to to stay it out and maybe do something that, you know, no one's ever seen. But at the same time, he's done something that no folks haven't seen in a long time. Like he brought a buzz. Like his, his, him going to Jackson State, his, his, his flair, his swag, um, his belief, his confidence. It did a lot for it did a lot for SWAC football. It did a lot for HBCU football. It did a lot for even MEAC football because you had South Carolina State play Jackson Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl and beat them, but they wanted to beat them bad because it, Dion was there and is the, the Dion figure, and they pretty much got more pub for be, beating a, a Jacksonville State because of I mean Jackson should be a Jackson State because of prime because of prime. So I'm like, in my opinion, I think he did a lot for HBCUs in terms of the attentions of uh, sports in HBCU. So, yeah, man, like I don't think we as you know anybody who are HBCU alums or folks who just love the brand, um, like 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 we all do. I don't think that to me, in my opinion, I think Dion did a lot for HBCUs more than a lot of people have done who just try to like say, hey, let's support HBCUs. You know, Dion to me is in the trenches and has done a lot just. With his work, and I, I know it's in a small sample size in terms of years, but for that, for those, those amount of years, he did a lot for for HBCUs. He really did. He really did. You know he really did. All right, so he really did. Mm-hmm. Um, so will you out? You want you got a question, Will? Or you want me to handle it? Well, no, no. You got more. You I, go I, off. I have you, one you, more. You don't got go. You don't have to go with the outline, bro. Just go off. You good? Yeah, no. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I, I just have one more, one more question for you, Devin. Um. When you think of, yes, he, he did a lot for HBCUs, um, and he did a lot specifically for Jackson State, and he did a lot for the city of Jackson, Mississippi, bringing, um, bringing a lot of those tourist dollars into those into that city when and having a, a packed house of forty thousand dollars. But when we think of, I guess, a legacy for a person, we think you know something that's tested over time right is is there's a there's a um a long duration so to say per se and it's it's longer than you know maybe three years or something when we think of you know the state of uh where jackson state and um hbcus are now where do you think that how do you think the next person who um it may you know the next big name within um, the coaching ranks, what do you think they have to do to continue to, to, to keep the mantle going and to, in the spotlight HBCU football and HBCU athletics? Um, first of all, the person that is the next person will never be him. So don't think you're him. He, you don't have the brand. You don't have the cachet. You don't have the swag. You don't have, you don't have the, the resume that he has uh, on and off the field to even attempt to uh it would have to be somebody like a Jerry Rice that would have to step into Mississippi United States and be one of those type of leaders. And that could happen. I mean I you know I wrote a piece about that not too long ago about Jerry Rice maybe coming out of coaching and things like coming into coaching or whatever and he talked to Dion about it. It would have to be that Eddie George is great at Tennessee State, but he yeah, isn't he's struggling. He does he he doesn't he doesn't have the spotlight like Dion. Dion is an attention grabber. He walks and in the room and he's struggling. He, and he's struggling. <laughs> he's struggling. He's struggling. He is struggling down. He's struggling. He's struggling in the conference. He's, he's struggling in the conference with only five teams. Yeah. The high body conference has five teams yeah. in it. He's struggling in that, you know. Right. So 
Uh, it just depends on who it is. Like, uh, I like Damon Wilson at Morgan, you know, yeah. very good. I think, I think he's got potential to be great. You know, I'm a high school, I, I went to high school with him. I think he has potential to really be great, yeah. but he's new at the D1 level. He's not, you know, and he did great, great things at Bowie, but it's going to take a while. You got to build that thing up. But, uh, there's just not a lot of names that you can say that you can throw out there that could come in and do the things that Dion has done. Attention-wise, exposure-wise, visibility-wise, revenue-wise, all that in one package. Like, they may come in and be good at one or two things, but this guy was bringing everything into one into one and using who he was. I mean, Pepsi never had any intentions on sponsoring anything for HBCU football. And here they go sponsoring the, the SWAC championship last year. That's because of the relationship they had with him for 20 years. Uh, you know, same thing with Under Armour. These are relationships he's built on his own and they trusted him, so they went on and went with the HBCU route. That's the stuff that he did that the rest of these that I just don't know who else could come in and do what he's done. So that's the part that kind of is tough for us and it stings because we saw he had us seeing some stuff, but I knew, I knew, I said, his son comes first and his son is playing in a conference where you take out, you take out Steve McNair. We don't have many that played in the last 25, 30 years out of that conference, you know, and I just saw the writing on the wall. He's going to be out of here soon. He's got to get this kid in front of, some real, some real competition. You know, it just, you know, you can't have, this, you know, you can't beat Southern 35 nothing and then beat, you know, Alabama A&M 60 something to nothing and stuff. And that, that's not impressive scouts. They want to see, you know, him in games that, you know, that are nip and tuck and how he handles the fourth quarter and can he make plays with three minutes to go in a two minute drill and can he beat Oregon at Austin Stadium? Can he go in and knock off? Arizona State, can he somehow beat Washington at Husky Stadium? That's the stuff they want to see. You know, and I think for, in order for him to get that, he had to get out of Jackson State. It just dominating that level. I just kept saying, yeah, he can dominate all he wants. He can win, he can win the award, he can win player of the year every year, but it's not gonna matter if he doesn't. I just didn't see it being a long-term thing because of Shadow. I've, I've always felt like that. Uh, so I, I do have a question about something that you you did say. So say that if if if, if his son had an opportunity, if, they, if Jackson State had an opportunity to get like say a Bama or any of the the big schools to play them, right? And they got that they got that game. Mm-hmm. Would he and and say his son played well? Would he have stayed? Do you think he would have stayed at Jackson at Jackson State? Yeah, I think it. I mean, it, it could have helped, but he, you know, he was adamant that they weren't going to be ready to play those kids yeah, for two or three years because of because of the line play. So it wasn't going to happen. Much to do that he was going to be gone. Mm. That's the thing. He came into a situation that he had to rebuild the whole thing. It didn't come into a situation where pieces were in place and he could hit the road running. And they were ready to challenge people in a year or two. It was going to take three or four years to build his offensive and defensive lines up or lose play Alabama and probably have a whole team on the mesh unit next week because. You know, they don't get beat up. They weren't physical enough. It's not business. So I, I get he was saying things like, yeah, you know, hopefully we get to that point. But I knew in my heart of hearts that Dion had bigger aspirations than Jackson State. He didn't get into coaching to stay at Jackson State. He got into coaching to get his to get that job at his alma mater down the line. Florida State is that's what that's what's gonna happen. You know, Mike Norville, nice piece right now. 
But uh, let Mike Norville have a couple bad years. <laughs> let him have a couple bad years. Uh, Dion's coming home. He's coming home. He's, he's adamant that, yeah, he's coming home. He's coming home. You got to, yeah, Florida guy from Fort Myers guy, and he always states the two coaches, three coaches that he's always looked up to, Mickey Andrews, Bobby Bowden, and Mike Zimmer. Those are his three guys. Mike Zimmer's on his staff at Jackson State. He won't become the D coordinator, I heard. Charles Skelly's not Alabama's coming. But Mike Zimmer will be a defensive consultant at Colorado. All this stuff he's doing, adding these different coaches, this is all about trying to prepare Shadour, putting in college NFL-level defenses on Colorado in the practice, practice game, practice field. That way, when he gets on the field against the other teams, he won't be a shot. This is all about Shador. Look at the way it's being done. And I'm telling you, I'm going to write a piece on it. And people are probably going to look at me like I'm crazy. This is about Shador. All right. Um, Devin, let's, before we get you out of here, one last question for you. Um, I was reading prior to you coming on today, I was reading one of your posts today uh, specifically about the Colorado recruit Carson Mott, who says that uh, Deion Sanders took back his scholarship offer. Um, when, and I saw a couple of clips, um, when D, I think Dion's initial meeting with his players in Colorado, he states that, um, go ahead, jump in the portal because I'm bringing my luggage and my luggage is Louie, right? <laughs> so yeah. real, it was so uh, real. <laughs> but yeah, then, yeah. but then, but then on the flip side, um, I watched another one of the recordings, I think that, um, that his son, um, I think his son does his social media handles yeah, the social Deion, media. He does, yeah, he does, and he does a great he does a great job. Um, yeah. where he tells the players at Jackson State, don't jump in that portal. Right? Mm-hmm. So guess for me there's there's a conflict. You know, you tell guys that um when it's beneficial to you to jump in that portal, get out of here, because I got I'm bringing in the guys I want to bring in. But then you have another set of guys who are at Jackson State who may see that the writing's on the wall because we don't have Coach Prime. We don't have the notoriety. We don't have um, – there may not be a chance for those NFL scouts to come and see me here, but I want to go somewhere where I think I can get that more visibility and I can step up that level of competition. Do you think that's a contradictory in what he's telling both of those sets of players? No, because it's two different circumstances. You got an 11-0, 12-0 team right now that is losing some pieces but will still be solid in the slot. And you got a team that's gone 5-19 and in the last two years. Uh, I'm not tolerating. 5-1-11, I got to make moves. I can't have y'all in here. We, we got to do stuff differently. I can't come in and say, oh, we just want to keep everybody. Can't do that. Because 1-11 showed me that we got to make some changes. So that's my take with the Colorado thing. Carl Durrell, these are your guys. If some of them see I see fit to keep some, cool. If I don't, jump in the pool. The Jackson State guys have proven that they can win. So he's saying stay here because the next coach maybe can use you because if he's smart, he's going to come in and go, this team is undefeated. Now, yeah, the quarterback will be gone, things like that. But, I mean, there's other, you know, there's still a lot of other good pieces on that team that if they don't leave, they'll be fine. They'll still be competitive and they'll still be fighting for uh, – a chance to get to the celebration bowl. No, no, don't know if they'll get there, but that's to me that's two two totally different circumstances. You got a team that won one game this season. There's a team that hasn't lost this season, so I think that's where 
his his uh his saying one thing to his guys here at Jackson State and the new guys at Colorado, they're totally different. Totally different perspectives. I do a question. About uh, that. Well, I would do a question, but don't you think? All right, so but when you say though, Devon, I mean Devon, that by losing Prime, Coach Prime, let me put respect on his name, Coach Prime, that they like they're not because the all the the ultimate dream is to get into the NFL. Like that's the ultimate dream. Even though it's at it's in the swag, your ultimate dream is still to get found in the NFL. Like right, that's just you have hopes, you have aspirations, mm-hmm. but that does take a hit. You know when. Coach Prime isn't isn't there anymore because they're not gonna get the same exposure. I give you a prime example. So we had a kid on HBCU corner. Uh, he went to um, Prairie View and um, was one of the best safeties in the in in, in the SWAC, one of the best safeties in HBCUs. Um, first team. He went to Kansas State. You know what I'm saying? He could, and that team, that per, that Prairie View team was good. I mean, it would it, it got to the it got to the SWAC. Uh, I think got to the, that year. It got to the, his, his last year. I think he got to the SWAC. Um, the SWAC championship they lost to, to to Jackson to Jackson State, but he transfers to Kansas State, and now they you know what you saw what they just did to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. TCU. So it's just like, but 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 he transferred because he wanted to get the you know get more get more of a look, just like you know Prime to Colorado and get that opportunity to get that chance to go to the league. Now with Prime with with the, the thing with Prime is. It's prime. It's Coach Prime. Excuse me. It's Coach Prime. Like you're gonna get attention. You're gonna get more eyes. Look what he did with the HBCU Combine, just to bring NFL coaches and, and scouts out there to see to, to look at him. You know what I mean? So I feel like at the same time, yeah, you're right. It's too different in terms of records and whatnot. I agree with you with that. But also, you are losing a, a marketable eye that can help get you into the league because you do play for this brand. That's very true, and that's that's the part. But I just believe the way he, he, he was telling his guys at Jackson State, you can't be careful jumping in that portal. There's a reason why they're, a lot of them are at Jackson State. They're not capable of playing at a 5-5 level. Maybe. So that's what he's also telling them, too. These, those Colorado kids are already on a 5-5 level. If you want to go jump in, I'm pretty sure you had other offers. Maybe them teams still want you. Somewhere. They may have a stop for you. Don't forget the Jackson State kids, a lot of them, your Travis Hunters and your – your uh, Kadarius Davises and Shadur Sanders and those kinds of guys don't didn't have you know those guys had offers like that, but not not eighty percent of that roster, eighty five percent of Dion's roster didn't have four or five star, gotcha. uh, four or five offers from Pine Five School. They just didn't have that. Gotcha. So don't go out there jumping, thinking the grass is green on the other side and get stuck. That's what you tell them. Uh. Don't get stuck because if you get stuck, then forget you jumping, and you ain't the only one jumping. 3,200 people in the portal right now. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, 900 entered since the opening night of Monday. We had Wednesday. 900, people, 900 players have entered that same since Monday. And you can better believe there's a lot of talent in there. There's you know, a lot of talent. So don't go jumping into the portal and know where to go. Not really having a set situation that you know they're going to give you a spot. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Will you, you, will you want to add something? I thought I might, may have cut you off. No, I was just going to say I, it, it's an interesting perspective because one could take it as when it's benefiting me, I'm telling these kids to jump into the portal. But those kids at Jackson State, some of them may benefit me, and I know which ones will, and I'm going to bring them with me. Mm. But to the others, to the others, you know, there's a lot of competition. Stay here even though your chances of staying here because 
uh, the infrastructure and that I developed it because of who I am as a as a influencer, coach, athlete, and a personality is gone away will reduce your chance and my and the coaching staff that I brought along that level of expertise um, is no longer being here that reduces your chances of potentially going to the next level so I just I'm not saying one perspective is right one's wrong I'm just saying it's it, it's it's just interesting when you different it. perspectives definitely and the thing is a lot of kids gotta be told you know it, it's a lot of kids gotta understand that they're not friends anyway just straight up you're not there Enjoy this while you're here, but there's a reason why you're here. Enjoy it. Enjoy the, the bonding, the, the friendships, the, the, the lifelong things you'll get from this. But Sunday's on for you. Get your degree and go get a nice job. Let's just be real, man. I mean, you got to be real with these kids. I coach football. You got to be real. You cannot tell kids lies. Hey, man, I like what you're doing. But let's just be real. You a D2 at best. Not no D1. <laughs> Don't hold out for no D1 offer. Let's not hold out for no offer that's never going to come. Let's take an offer like I told a lot of kids this year. You better take that offer before December the 5th because if you don't, that portal get the jump and they're going to take a guy that's already proven over you because a coach's job is on the line every year. He needs to put the best team he can out there. He's not going to take an unproven commodity for a pro- over a proven commodity. He's just not going to do it. He's not. Unless you're a five-star quarterback that stands six foot three and can throw that thing a mile, he ain't taking you. He just ain't doing it over a kid that's proven. He just ain't doing it. He ain't doing it. Hey, man. So, you know. Yeah, this has been a dope conversation, Devon. But before we let you go, man, again, thanks for being on the show. Let our listeners know how they can ca- they can find you on social media and how they can catch your content, man. And what you got Appreciate coming down to uh, the shadow the shadow league, man. Put all that, plug all that in. You can catch me on the shadow league. Uh, Articles a day. I write three pieces a day for them. Uh, so tomorrow, I have a Von Miller injury. Does it hurt the Bills? Does, does it really dampen the Bills' Super Bowl chances? Because he was the missing piece with the pass rush last year. I uh, got Deion Sanders Jr. calls out the Carton Show for copywriting his video of Deion's first press conference at Colorado. And I also have uh, one other piece I wrote. Oh, Caleb Williams. Laughing at Max Duggan for crying in the interview and try to take it back, walk it back. And they're both high candidates. So I just talked about both of them and how Caleb tried to clarify his stance on that. And he wasn't joking. He wasn't laughing at him, but it sounded like he was or whatever. But, you know, Caleb, Caleb could be the first DMV Heisman win. So, I mean, that's, that's huge for him. Yeah, he's for us, I mean, so. he, should, he, should, he should be. He should. he should be the first DMV. Nah, yeah, he should win it. He's really going to win it. He's going to win it. He should really win He's going to win it. He's I don't care win. about the other game. He win. should win it. He yeah. should win it. I don't care about the other game. He should win it. He deserves it. He really does. You can catch me on uh, MLB Bro. Uh, I'm a uh, baseball writer with uh, Rob Parker from FS1. I'm one of his writers, so you can catch me on there a couple times a week. I put out a uh, – I am the uh, high school college writer, so I follow all the upcoming up-and-coming – talent that may you know may go pro may get drafted go to college and all that good stuff so did a lot of pieces on elijah on elijah uh the nationals pick elijah green elijah green Elijah Green. Green. yeah yeah i covered him pretty heavily and his dad used to be the tight end for the ravens and all that good stuff and his connection to the dmv and all that so i follow all the up-and-coming guys and then uh you can catch me on urban spotlight as well uh i do uh, uh blogs like every day of pieces that i write or I just take pieces from other places that I write throughout the day and put them on there for sports purposes and stuff. So that's my three. 
you know, so that's what I do for those three. Hey, man. You catch me on that. Man, uh, keep, man, keep the hustle. Keep the grind, bro. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate yep. you, guys. And I would love, and we would love to have you back Definitely. on the show again, man. Definitely. Anytime, man. Definitely. Wait, wait, well, they know how to reach me. Oh, I do. Anytime. I got you. I got you. Yep, anytime. All right, All right, man. Right, man. All right, man. Love you guys, man. Love you too, All right, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. All right. Hey man, again, make sure you follow Devon on Twitter. That's at POV Mason Sports. That's at POV Mason Sports. Hey man, that was good. That was dope, man. That was a dope segment, Will. That was dope. I like that. that yeah, man. Up. Yeah, that's what that's what it's about, man. It's about just having intellectual conversations, yeah. not um, you know, bringing a perspective, not a, a jaded perspective to it. You know, what I mean, you might have your beliefs, but you remove your you remove your bias exactly. from. From the conversation, course, and you man. want to be open and listen to other people's it's perspectives. All about so, listening, it's man. Great. It's all about listening. It really is. <clears throat> that's, the, I mean, that's why I like our sports show. We listen only and, and only when I'm like being funny. But anyway, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports and YouTube channel as well. Hit that red subscribe button. Also, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, uh, which is Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC after hear all of the Ampire shows as well as other great content. Hey, man, this has been a great show. We went overtime because the, con- because the, sec- the last segment was so dope, so we had to do it for y'all. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeti. Deuces. A-, A mega leaders out big, homie. Deuce.